Hi guys, and welcome to What They Don't Tell You About with me, Grace McGovern. Each week on the podcast, we will uncover myths or ideas, or just quite frankly, what they don't tell you about a certain topic. So sit back and relax and enjoy the podcast. guys and welcome back to the podcast what they don't tell you about this week i have the gorgeous felicity hayward felicity hayward has recently starred in curvy girl strip bear on tra- channel five um she is a curve model at milk um she's gorgeous funny kind and she was one of the first curve ambassador ambassadors and stylists at asos in 2014 she also has her own platform called self-love brings beauty And as it alludes in the name, um, it tries, I hope I say this right, tries to help people be more body confident. Yeah. Yeah. And hello. Hi, gorgeous. How are you? I'm all right. That was a nice little intro. That was a nice little intro. I thought you could be my publicist. I know, I was looking at you being like, (laughs) hoping I don't get any of that wrong. Imagine you're like, oh, oh, okay. Um, We met, when did we meet? Do you remember? It It was a long time ago. Soap and Glory job. Do you remember? Oh my god. That was like three years ago. I just moved back from America then. I remember, and you had all these amazing stories, and I was like, oh my god, I'm not as cool as this girl. Yes, you are. Um, Yeah, the stories were um, interesting. Mm. Yeah, and then... And then we did Secret Garden Party. That was wild. Where it rained like three months worth of rain that weekend. Yeah, and um, I went back to the tent with a bag of Maltesers and... Watched, love Island. Love Island on my phone. And I was like, do you mind if I go out? And you're like, babes, do what you, you want. Yeah, I was like, <clears throat> I'm not down for this rain. I'm going to eat my Maltesers and get comfy. To be fair, I came back and I was like, quite a nice setup. Mm. You there, you're like, do you want some chocolate? I was like, perfect. Yeah. And then you brought me onto your agency. Yeah. So how long have you been a model for? I started in 2012. And so seven. Seven years. Nearly eight. And have you been with Milk that whole time? No. So I was first scouted dancing to Dinah Ross at an East London pub and got asked to do a shoot as Anna Nicole Smith. Wow. And that was for a magazine called Pony Step. And it was Miles Aldridge that was shooting it. And I just thought, okay, he is like an absolute icon. I love his work. And I just thought... Do you know what? My nan and granddad will love these pictures. Yeah. Like, I'm just going to do it. I, like, I don't know why they're asking me. I mean, I guess I look a bit like Anna Nicole Smith. I'm blonde. I'm curvy. I dress, you know, a bit trashy at times. And I just thought... You dress amazing. <laughs> I love your outfits. <laughs> but I thought, you know, I, I, can, I can become that character. And that shoot came out and went viral because Miles had never used a curvy girl before. And... It had a really good reaction, and I got scouted by Storm. So I got an email. I actually thought someone was punking me. I was working a speed dating night at a gay bar um, down in <laughs> by Trafalgar Square. That I'm, like, yeah, by Trafalgar Square, and um, got an email from Storm saying, "Is anyone, you know, repping me?" And I thought, well, this is a joke. Mm. Someone is punking me, and no one really wants to bigger model 
Um, I had a few emails, went, went in to see them, and yeah, it turned out that it was the truth. And signed up, and that was the kind of the start of my journey. I didn't stay with them too long, to be honest, because I'm not sure that they really understood um, too much about plus size. And mm. yeah, it wasn't the right... You can just tell when you're not in the right place. But, you know, I then moved over to milk pretty quickly. And, yeah, I've had such a great career with them since. Because I think milk is such a strong agent. And Anna Schillinglaw, the owner herself, she she was a model herself. Mm. And she's been, quote-unquote, straight size and plus size. So she... She knows women inside out. She knows yeah. the agency run out, and it's. I've I've grown with them. It's become quite a family now. Yeah. And how long have you been with them for? I would say six out of the seven years I've been modelling. So I wasn't with them still very long. Because they were founded as a curve mo- a, a curve model in agency, weren't they? Yeah. And I remember when I first met you about three years ago, you were like, "You've got to come and meet my agency. They're the yeah. nicest agency." And I'd really fallen out of love with modelling especially for these reasons we're talking about today, body positivity, I just did not feel confident anymore. And and at that time, I feel like the modelling industry was not in a good place. Mm. Um, and I really feel like the rise of body positivity and especially the change in London has on size and in modelling has been great being with Milk. Mm. Um, and you... I mean, you've experienced that firsthand. So how how have you found modelling? And you're in New York for a bit and then in London. How have you found your experiences and how has it progressed or changed from 2012 to now? Well, I guess when I started back then, there was not many brands that were actually producing plus-size clothing. Mm. So obviously, I started and I was an editorial girl. Mm. And to be a plus-size editorial girl was something that was never seen. Yeah. It was seen in America. You had all of the babes over there that were absolutely killing it. But over here, we had Sophie Dahl. That was it. And Mm. she was... She's beautiful, but she was probably a 12, 14, if we're really thinking about it. Because there was no one in the mainstream media that was was curvy. Yeah. You know, the only people that we had that were, you know, curvier and bigger were comedians. You know, such as Dawn French. And it's like, because back then, anyone that was seen as being bigger had to be a joke, basically. You know, it was like, you could never be the curvy, confident, sexy boss woman. The only people that we ever saw that were curvy were comedians. Yeah. And, like, that in itself is an issue. And I guess it gives people a wrong idea of where people stereotype people. Mm. So, like, comedians and curvy women, it it shouldn't just be that. Yeah. And it was, yeah, so back then I was doing a lot of editorial and stuff, which was a real struggle because there's no money in editorial. I think people don't realise that when you're on the cover of fashion magazines or when you're in, you know, Cosmo or Marie Claire or all these magazines, like, you don't get paid yeah. because it's publicity. And I think, correct me if I'm wrong or if you know this information, but I think... The cover of Vogue, I think you get a pound. I think they legally have to give you something. I've heard this actually. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if I, if that's if that's just a rumor, but like I've. Oh, I guess it depends. I mean, if you're a like a really high-paying model, I'm sure they get 
some fee. I don't know, but if you're on the cover of Vogue, you're on the cover of Vogue. True, true. So, I mean, I'm not. I haven't made it there yet. No, I mean, I'll let you know. Vogue, don't worry. But well, you were on the cover of ID. <laughs> yes, I was. You so looked amazing. Was, thank you. That was um, that was really funny because I was doing all these editorials, and at the time, my friend um, was styling the shoot for ID, and he asked me to come down to the shoot. And he was like an uncle of mine. And um, I used to run a vintage store on Brick Lane and he used to come in and pick stuff to like customise and stuff. Anyway, I turn up to the set and like I notoriously can't wink. Like it's a bit of a joke. Like I look like I'm just like falling asleep. Like, I know I just tried to do it to you. You guys can't obviously see Yeah, that me. was a double <laughs> wink. And I thought she was lying there and she double winked and I'm like, I'm not even going to prove her wrong. Um, yeah, just can't wink. And I was on set and he was just making me wink and wink and wink. And I was like, babes, like I can't do it. And I wasn't taking it seriously. And I remember I was living in Bethnal Green at the time and I was, me and my best friend, we'd been thrown out of our apartment because the Olympics... And they had decided to put our house up for high rent. And like we couldn't, like there's no way we could afford it. It doubled the rent. So we managed to find a house, well, a a room above a pub in Stepney Green, just around the corner. Mm -hmm. And we were so broke that I stole a shopping trolley from a supermarket to transport our belongings. From one place to another. To one place to the other. In a trolley. Because we were so broke. And, and... It was funny because at the time we were walking and I think I had a record player in there, I had a mannequin, like a load of like glitter cat suits mm. or just ridiculous stuff. And I got a notification on my phone and it was from Twitter and it said um, cover star number four, Felicity Hayward. And I was like, what? Looked at my phone and, and I was on the cover of ID and, and my friend Judy who had organized it was doing it as a surprise and you didn't know i didn't know that's why it kept making me wink so what did you think you were going in for i just was going for the job like i was i was on set like i was just doing the editorial for id or just an editorial no for id i know i was doing the id set but i didn't know i was on the cover and it was like the superstar issue it was like um the guy from spider-man um do you know i can't remember the other girl the other couple but I was like, this is mad. And I ran to Brick Lane and grabbed as many. The thing is as well, it's like, at the time, I was, obviously I was broke because I was moving my stuff in Mm. a shopping trolley. Mm. I think ID Magazine was like a fiver. So I think I could only afford two copies and that was pushing it out there. That's so funny. And like, I should have bought like 10, but I didn't have the money. And I actually last week managed to source a copy on eBay and I paid 50 quid for it. <laughs> oh, God. 50 quid. So now you have three copies. Well, I don't know where the other two are, but actually, I think I had to cut one out and put one in my portfolio. So. I mean, you look so mega in that. And so when when was that in your career? That was at the beginning. Not far after the beginning. So I'd done the Miles Aldridge shoot. I then... He then rebooked me again and I did a editorial with Carla, with Cara Delevingne for Numero and I was, um, she came in my pub and I was serving her a pint. It was quite cool. That's really cool. And then I did a MAC Cosmetics campaign with Miles as well. And then I did, probably then did the ID. So it was all kind of quite wild and like, because I guess at the time I was a gimmick, like there was no one else like me. Mm. There was, you know, 
obviously there's loads of people like me and my size and my style, but no one within the fashion industry. And it was like, I, you know, I said I did it just because I thought like this would be good pictures and my nan will love them. And then the reaction that I got from others, from family and from friends, they were like, oh my God, I'm, I'm being represented. Yeah. And I, I kind of, it was other people that kind of made me push this because I was like, right, I'm broke but I'm on the cover of magazines and yeah. I need to try and make something of this because no one else is doing it. We had Beth Ditto on the cover of Love and Eminemony. Enemy. And I absolutely adore her. I think she's yeah. an absolute icon. But it's the same thing again. It's like, I feel that like musicians such as like Adele or, you know, Beth, they somehow get managed to get like a different approval from the industry because their talent. Yeah. You know, so you get these sort of things where like Adele will be dressed by like like Chanel or Gucci or something. You know, she's a bigger girl and they'll dress her but they won't do it for for the public. Do you mm. know what I mean? It's almost like you have to be a celebrity for yeah. it, for us to consider your size. Which is where the problem really is. And did you start, and during this time, was this when you started growing your following? Because you've got a large following on Instagram, which is amazing because obviously there are so many people that rely on you to look up to you and look for like positive energy mm. to help them in situations where they might feel that they're not good enough. Yeah. And so during this time, you went to New York, but was this when it started to grow? Well, I think when I, funny story, when I first started, Instagram was just like, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think it, it wasn't, it only started to come around about 2011, I think, mm. 2012. I, um, my ex-boyfriend at the time laughed at me because I was using it as a photo editing app, basically, because they had all those like different, Filters. Like, you know, like, but there was basically like sepia, yeah. black and white and a weird coloured one. Yeah. And I was just uploading all these same pictures of me going, oh, I like this one. He's like, babes, you do know that you're, like, posting this publicly? And I was like, what? <laughs> you didn't think people could see? Oh, I just posted a photo editing app. So what kind of pics were they? Um, they weren't, like, raunchy or anything. I mean, I could have done myself in there, but, like, yeah, we're just, like, Anyone scrolls back to your, like, first photo? Oh, they got deleted and they got a different channel anyway. But it was just quite funny. But I think... I started off on Facebook, I think most of us do, which mm. is no one really uses that platform anymore. I studied photography at uni, so I think for me I've always kind of had a creative kind of mind and I think I first started using Instagram as a bit of a CV, like a just kind of on online portfolio of my work and, you know, but I always kind of kept it very real. Mm. I always wanted to kind of open up my life to others in a sense of like, yeah, I might be on the cover here, but here's me, you know down the seaside, gate crashing the ice cream parlor, making friends with the owner. Mm. You know, I always wanted to have that kind of, because that's my life and that's who I am. Mm. So I think my following started to grow then because, I mean, when Instagram became popular, like I said, there wasn't much representation for bigger girls that were being booked. And I think that also came at a time where ASOS nabbed me. Yeah. So, I mean, being an influencer, you know, that term now is so popular and people admire to be that sort of that this thing when back then i think this was 2014 that influencers weren't a thing there were bloggers and there were models and bloggers wrote blog posts yeah on their websites yeah you know? strictly strictly that was it you know and 
ASOS were really clever and they were at the forefront of basically creating influencers in my opinion so they selected nine of us I was representing plus size I was the first person to do that and they created our own Instagram handles obviously you had ASOS main channel and we had like all of us ASOS Felicity and whatever and we basically did outfit pictures and YouTube videos and you know this was before like track links were a thing or you could have a swipe up you couldn't you couldn't have any stories but yeah, so I did that and I had, out of everyone, because I was the only person representing plus size. I can imagine it being wildly popular because no one had actually been represented. Yeah, I think um, someone wrote an article recently about like what we're all doing now and I increased sales by 800%. That's mad. Yeah, mad. Because I guess as well at that time, like the industry wasn't using plus size girls for plus size e-com as well. Yeah. So they were using girls that were like maybe a fourteen, and when when your when your collection starts from an eighteen and goes up to a thirty thirty two, if you're using a size fourteen, nobody nobody even the smallest person of your customer is going to relate to it. Yeah. So if you stick someone in there who's like an eighteen twenty, they're going to be like, oh, that's how it actually looks on someone with yeah. a belly and a bum. So yeah, that's kind of where I kind of started there. And so one of your myths that you said to me was that, so obviously it's progressed from when you started to where we are now, but do you, I mean, maybe in my eyes, I think body positivity has progressed, but do you think it's progressed in a positive way? Or do you think we, where we are now is a lot further than where we started? Oh, of course. I mean, if you look back at 2012 and you look at this year, it's like, number one, there's more than five of us as plus size models. Mm. There's probably about 500. So number one, that's the thing. Number two, all of the brands, like nearly like half of the high street does plus size, right? So yeah. again, that proves another point. You know, I think the issue that, that I personally have and one of the myths I believe about body positivity is it came from a place where people felt felt that they weren't part of a community. Mm. So they felt that they were outsiders within fashion, within the whole society and media. So body positivity was created as a kind of safe space for people to feel worth, right? And I think it became so, it's become so popular within the last few years. And I think as well, it's like, it's the younger generation as well because they're so liberal and so like, you know, wanting to help globally with every yeah. sort of issue that we've got, that everyone is waking up to the fact that, you know, we all don't have to be the cookie-cutter image of beauty. And the problem that I have is that we have made such massive steps within fashion, within music. I mean, if you look at someone like Lizzo... Like, yeah, she's, she's like, awesome. Like, she's absolutely killing it. And, like, she... I, th- I think she's, like... You know, the most, she's, her track at the moment is like the biggest selling rap song of a female of all time. And people are understanding that we all deserve to be popping, basically. Yeah. But on the other hand, the way that I see it is body positivity has grown, body acceptance has grown, brands are listening, people are using it. But now, 
people have realized that it's become such so popular and it's become a trend that it's being used in the wrong way so that's why i have a problem with it in this day and age because it's been something that's been kind of in my blood since a young girl and yeah. it's always been something that i fought for and it's about acceptance and now you have girls online who have suddenly decided that you know this is cool this is popping i yeah. want to make money from this yeah and the, the the problem that i have is girls that will sit on instagram well they'll take a picture for instagram and they mm. will bend their stomach over to create one yeah. belly roll and be like oh you know, body positivity, yeah. look at me, look at me, look at me. And you, the thing is, you can tell people when they are being genuine yeah. and when they are not. And they are claiming on something that is, you know, basically, the girls that used to bully me at school have For now sure. realised that, oh, actually, this body positivity thing is popping, I'm going to jump on it. But these are the same people that will go out there and idolise people like Kim Kardashian. And so suddenly they've gone from, you know, the poster girls of when when I grew up, were Brittany and Christina, so they were very kind of up and down, skinny, yeah. one sort of frame. They were popping when I was younger, and now you've got the likes of Kim Kardashian, who has, you know, and that whole family that have taken over the industry, and people are idolising them for their bodies, yeah. and it's made curvy become popular. You know, when like, <laughs> I always say this, like, when I was at school, it was like, does my bum look big in this? And the yeah. answer would always be, hell no, because you didn't want it to look big. I would, yeah. you know, cover up my body. Whereas now, you ask that question in 2019, is your bum big enough? Like, it couldn't... You know what I mean? Yeah. It, it, it could be the biggest as possible. You've got girls that are, like, posing online to try and get their bum bigger. Like, I can see it. And it's so weird. It's so weird because Especially it's like... Especially because you fought for it for so long. It's like, you can't just jump in now after with no none of the experience that I've had and dealt with. But the thing is as well is body positivity, I don't want it to come across as only for bigger girls because yeah. it's not. Body positivity is a mindset that is that is within you that makes you understand like understand who you are as a person, what your body looks like and understanding that that's your body, that is your best friend. That person yeah. is taking you the whole way through your life and it is there for you to nourish and look after and the whole thing of body positivity is loving yourself for who you are right now and loving yourself for who you're going to become because yeah. we know as women that like, we have so many changes within our body like just for example you're a child you hit puberty you have your period your body changes you become a young woman and you might decide to take contraceptive your body changes you might ch choose to have a child your body changes again. Yeah. And then and then after all of that, you go through menopause. Like our bodies change so much. So I, like body positivity is is not one size. It's yeah. about loving yourself through your journey and understanding that your body is amazing. So I think it's just the the kind of industry has it's always been bigger girls that have kind of pushed it because they're the girls that have always been segregated within society as deemed as being beautiful. So when you have girls nowadays that are just jumping on the bandwagon purely for the fact that they want to get sponsored posts and they know that you know oh if, if I pose myself in a certain way and look bigger and you know it's quite infuriating because it's like you were never there to support us when we were trying to push but now that we've made it popular you want to jump on it yeah and you can tell the people that are fake and you can tell the people that are real it must you be know. upsetting for you in a way because obviously 
you've worked really hard and you've brought about your platform self love brings beauty which is exactly what you said body positivity isn't strictly to one size and yeah. you showcase some amazing people on there um and whereas people who are jumping on sponsored posts it must be upsetting for you when you're trying to build a brand and i mean it's upsetting and it's not upsetting if the person is doing it for the right reason yeah it's amazing if someone is generally spreading love about their body and inspiring others in a non-toxic way that's amazing because it's proven the point that we are making change it's when people are doing these posts and claiming body positivity and you just know it's completely fake and then the next week they're promoting flat tummy tea oh so what's your stance on these i I recently saw chloe kardashian posted some gel that you post put on your bum to rid cellulite and that's obviously not a thing i'm sorry to laugh that is insane and and people people buy this stuff yeah it's actually so sad well i've um just finished writing a ted talk and my ted talk is called the great body positivity swindle and i talk a lot about these things and it was last year that kim kardashian uh, promoted a flat tummy tea lollipop so it was a lollipop that's an appetite suppressant so basically stops you feeling hungry um hideous and i really i wrote a big article about it for metro because i was like this woman is a say what you want about her she is an entrepreneur she is a mother you know she's a businesswoman right and that family have done very well for themselves they've done so well for themselves that they've got more money that's sent than cents so why is this woman promoting a lollipop that let's face it it's targeted at children yeah. right babes when me and you want to have something sweet what do you go for like chocolate pina coladas you love a pina colada colada. that's the first thing you said to me when i met you anyway (laughs) side note you're like i love pina coladas by the way and i was like yeah we're gonna get on (laughs) right but do you see what i'm saying is like me and you we don't go oh i want a lollipop there's a target audience for a lollipop it's a child yeah right so number one and it's a heart-shaped lollipop um do you think kim kardashian would give these products to her children absolutely not if she's not going to give them to her children or people that she loves and she's promoting it to the millions of followers online, that does that not speak for itself? Yeah. You know, and this is the continual problem that we have is that these women want to claim body positivity and loving their bodies. They also lie about their bodies, which is another issue that I have. You can be beautiful and be confident and happy with your body with or without surgery right? I have no problem with anyone getting anything done to their body because mm. it's it's their body and their choice. And if, if they are not hiding anything, not doing anything yeah. wrong. I'm not just talking about, you know, you know, if, if my mum wanted to get something, well, mum doesn't have Instagram, whatever. Yeah. She can do whatever she likes. So I'm talking about someone that is online that has a presence, um, that is getting stuff done to their bodies and then lying to their audience. Yeah. That's where I have a problem because... We all know that your new figure and your new shape is not down to flat tummy tea. It's not down to any sort of diet or training or anything. It's down to surgery. And if you are going online and you're telling your audience that it's something different, it's creating a false sense of security. Yeah. We've got girls who are in America going to motels 
and are getting concrete injected into them to get new new bums basically and then they're dying of infection and it was today that I also saw that a young girl a young student from Brighton um, wanted to lose weight for her holiday and she she died from taking too much appetite suppressant products so awful like are you are people listening to that like if you are hungry eat food yeah. that is the best suppressant yeah. for your appetite we all need food to survive and i think this is where it's becoming so blurred within the community because it's like you've got the ogs who are talking about body positivity and basically just accepting yourself yeah. you've got the girls that are now jumping on the bandwagon because it is popular who are just doing it for money reasons. And then you've got the girls who are being pressured by the likes of the Kardashians, who are now getting things done to their bodies and lying about it and just reversing the whole kind of psychology of, of their body positive movement. I guess it also creates a false expectation for girls to live up to, especially if people like you have created this amazing presence and then people like the Kardashians are having surgeries or whatever and then not actually embracing that they've done that because I also agree with you that if someone wants to get surgery and it makes them feel better about themselves go for it do anything that makes you feel confident with yourself whatever um but especially if you have a following and people look up to you don't be false about it don't get surgery and then and lie and it gives it, it makes girls feel unrealistic that they can't aspire to they can't be like that without these appetite suppressors and I mean I don't know that girl that sadly passed you know this week but if she <laughs> if she's wanting to lose weight for her holiday the chances are she has been looking online and seeing other girls and comparing her body yeah. and not loving her body for who she is. And I'm not I'm not being funny. When I looked at a picture of this girl, she must have been a size 12. You see, this, this girl is like, you know... And she's probably looking at these girls online that are having these things done and being like, I wish I could look like them. And I'm like, babe, that's not by taking these products. Yeah. That is by going to a doctor. And that is what is so alarming about the industry. I guess... Like, as we said, one of the myths, as body positivity has grown, it's not all positive because, mm. especially because of that, now there's more attention to it. There is more attention on how to look a certain way. Um, like, for example, the Kardashians. When you, d you don't need to look like that to feel good. Yeah. Um, and that leads me on to one of my other myths is that as the rise of body positivity came, I also feel like there is a mass rise in trolls. More so because of the growth of social media mm. and whatnot. But I also think with body positivity, it comes a way to berate people yeah. and marginalise people more so because they have... There's Instagram, there's Twitter, there's yeah. more reasons to hide. And also because you're now doing so amazingly well that, like, with the rise of you, it's the rise of trolls. And the same for anyone, the rise mm. of models in Paris doing catwalk, like, there's more avenues for people to berate other people instead of lift other people up. Yeah. Whatever, whatever the size. What do you think in that respect of trolls? And, and what's your experience with, with trolling or with people? I mean, 
I get trolled on a daily basis because of my size and because of being confident and I think that's one of the reasons that I started Self Love Brings Beauty because I wanted to create a platform where everyone felt safe and everyone yeah. could feel included um, and it's I mean it happens unfortunately it doesn't only happen online it happens offline as well I remember last summer I was walking down my street I had trainers on some like black cycling shorts and like a little top and a bum bag yeah. like all black nothing offensive just like on my way you know so I, was, I was wearing sportswear okay yeah and some woman walked past me and she was in her I'd say late 50s she looked like a punk so she looked quite liberal I thought oh yeah. this this you know looking at her at distance I thought she'd be my mate yeah. Do you know what I mean like she looks quite liberal quite nice whatever and she walked up to me and she just went you're too fat to be wearing something like that I mean, she said, it, she said it quite aggressively, not like that. And I was in so much shock. Like, my friend was with me. I just went, what? And then she started going, you're too fat. Why are you going out of the house like that? And I turned around and went, the only thing fat about me, sweetheart, is my wallet. Right? Oh, yes, and then, honey. And then, like, she then started, like, like, swearing and stuff at me. And I started going for her. And, like, everyone on the street was just, like, like... And I was like, I'm not being funny, but... You have no idea who I am. You picked on the wrong person today. Yeah. But also, who the hell are you to come up to someone on the street and tell them that they shouldn't be wearing something, yeah. right? I'm not walking down the street in a thong bikini in the middle of summer, right? I'm not showing my body enough that would perhaps offend certain types of people, right? Even and if so, if you wanted to wear what you want. Right. Um, I'm literally wearing sportswear. So the chances are I could have been on the way to the gym, yeah. right? Chances are you have no idea about me or who I am. You know, I've had friends that have put on weight because they've lost both their parents, mm. right? So they're going through trauma and they're going through grief. There was a million reasons why someone could be overweight or look a certain way. And how dare you go up to someone on the street and say that? She could have broken me if she yeah. if it, she could have broken me if I wasn't who I was. And I ended up going online writing about it and write a big thing. Um so it, it still happens in real life and it's but I mean the majority of it does happen online because people aren't as brave as someone like that to walk up to someone and say something. Um it happens a lot online. I've had people tell me that I should die. I had as God, it's so it's so awful that people can talk to other people like that. But it's it's honestly it's hideous. I mean, have you seen Jesse Nelson's documentary? No, but I'm I really you want to watch to that. See it. I was bawling my eyes out. I absolutely adore her, and you know, she was never a big girl. She was never a big girl, and to be called the fat one from Little Mix and the trauma that she went through for this and then she went to see other families of you know bullying online and trolling and like this this kills people yeah trolling kills people and as much as you might be listening to this thinking like oh you're just you know being like being called names it's like no it, it runs a lot deeper than that and you know I'm in a position where I'm pretty happy and confident within myself and I, I, I use my platform to help others um, but don't get me wrong like there has been targeted attacks at me in the past where I remember I was wearing grey 
leggings and a grey top and mm. I just took a selfie and it was at my friend's house and I got hounded by male fitness bloggers who were just, I'd obviously been put on a forum and they just attacked me because obviously you could see that I had a stomach and like big legs and they were just like, you're hideous, you've put me off my dinner, like you need to be cold, you're a pig. Oh um, my And gosh. just went for me. But the problem is, is these trolls don't realise that they all attacked my, my page um, and by them posting so much engagement on my picture, um, I went up 10,000 followers in 24 hours. So I was like, okay, babes, you're going to do keep that going. to me. Keep, keep doing because I'm going to have more opportunities now because of you. But it's not like that for everyone. You know, yeah. I had one guy comment on my picture and it was from when I did a TV show on Channel 4 called Naked Beach. And uh, Naked Beach was a I saw show. that. You looked so epic. <laughs> you looked so good. Explain. Yeah, it was a show where people with insecurities came onto an island where myself and some other hosts were and the only thing that we were wearing is body paint so it wasn't done in any sort of sexual way it was a very much kind of just like it was a body image show that made others feel better about themselves and we went through different challenges it's kind of like therapy but it was really fun and it was yeah. really emotional and I posted a picture of me in body paint online and someone was just like no one wants to see that you're a fat ugly pig I hope you die of um, a heart attack like you shouldn't exist and I think I, I responded to this guy because I don't usually respond yeah, to trolls because you... they are well I don't usually respond because it's usually someone that's made a fake account and they are bitter and jealous and are just vile and just want to attack and have nothing else going on in their lives but this boy that written on this this guy man whoever it was I wrote I wrote back and I was just like no actually you know I have a I have a massive heart. I have an even bigger personality. And I, I, like, I literally went back and, you know, I only fight it with kindness. Yeah. Um, and it was so weird because a week later I'd gone back to my hometown and was out for lunch for my cousin's birthday. And someone that I went to school with came up to me and was like, oh, Felicity, it's so nice to see you. Like, congratulations on what you're doing. And I was like, same to you. What do you do right now? And she was like, I'm a teacher. So that's amazing. She said, I wanted to speak to you actually because... I saw online that you were getting trolled and you got trolled by a certain um, male online. She said, the thing is, I actually I know that guy. Um, she was like, he's a 15-year-old student in my class. Um, I obviously am not going to name him. Yeah. But he, I brought him in the next day and I said, you know, have you, what have you been doing this weekend? Like, have, has there been something you've been doing online that you need to talk to me about? And he was like, no. He denied it all and he said, well, I just want to let you know that one of my um, oldest friends that I went to school with is called Felicity Hayward and apparently he just went completely scarlet. And she was like, and we've all seen what you're doing online and I hope you know that that is bullying and harassment and we're going to be taking this further. I called his mum in. He had all of his social media shut down and yeah. I'm just like, is it even worth, was that worth that comment that you've left to ruin someone's day? To now ruin, I mean, you you're, you've you've ruined it for yourself. Yeah, and I also find it interesting that you mentioned that a lot of fitness people would troll you. I find that really disheartening when people who, if you believe in fitness and being healthy and happy, that you berate other people mm. by the way they look. They should be the people and the ambassadors that really uplift you. I know. Um, 
I mean, I feel like that's ludicrous. I feel like people would also hide behind that if you if you'd said to them, well, you're a person from fitness and not claim those comments. But I just, I can't believe that those are the people. people were out, like they had open profiles. They were all male fitness And they left comments on your photos. Yeah. Do you think you've grown a thicker skin to this kind of, these kind of comments now that you've been in it? And also you've, you've gained such great traction and positivity and from a lot of people who look up to you and, admire you do you think that that's also led you to have a thicker skin and not I mean 100% I think I've had to have a thicker skin because I get so many messages from young girls and boys every day that are suffering and I am they're kind of you know they're not guardian angel but like the fairy godmother do you Mm. know what I mean I'm their fairy godmother that that they come to when they're like if someone gets stretch marks for the first time and like they're worried they can come to my page and see that it's perfectly normal and it's just small things like that because you know we have to think about the fact that as women and as men stretch marks like honestly like just have a real big think about this right think about how short our lives are and how much stuff we have to deal with and you are going to get yourself in such a state about a cherry red mark that appears on your body it is really not a big deal and like it's so horrible that women especially are really targeted to get rid of all of these things that happen to our body that are natural and our bodies are amazing like when when we give birth and we get stretch marks like admire them you've just given birth to an actual human yeah and yeah it's nuts it's nuts that people get so upset and bogged down and you only get upset and bogged down because you don't have a, a body positive idea because of what mm. you think is a body body positive idea from what you've seen online or but you know you go to the gym a lot you must have seen all the guys in the gym that have stretch marks all over their bodies completely right and it's like why is it not seen that men that have stretch marks all over their abs and their their arms and mm. whatever yeah big old thigh yeah you know they don't no one makes a comment about that because they've stretched through fitness rather than stretched through weight gain and you actually get them as well from weight loss yeah so it's just yeah i just i think at the end of the day like all i want to do and all i've ever promoted is just being real yeah and you do it so well but it's it's not it's not hard to do in a sense of like it is hard to do and i understand because of the pressures of society but as much as you can be kind to people, you can be real and you can be real to yourself. And, yeah. you know, it's having these... I don't know how many times I have to say it to myself as well. It's like, but your body carries you out through your whole life and you have to give it as much love as as you as you give other people, yeah. you know? Treat yourself how you treat other people. Yeah. Like, would you... I, I always hear people say this. Would you speak to other people how you do speak to yourself in your head sometimes. No, of course you wouldn't. Like, we were just having a conversation before about life and things that get us down, and I, and when we were vocalising it to each other, we are actually like, why do we why do we think like that? Why do we right? rate ourselves, make ourselves feel the way we do when we would, ne- we would never say that to the people we love? But we say, it, we say it to ourselves about ourselves and about how we look. Yeah. Mad. Mad. Mad thing. Well, honey, that comes to the end of our podcast. 
Oh, it feels like we've been doing this for five minutes. I know. <laughs> I know. I've I, Honestly, I could listen to you for hours. I could I was, listen to you for hours, babe. I was just like staring at you like, oh my God. Oh my God, she's so cool. Um, but thank you so, so much for being on my podcast. I admire everything you do. You're amazing. You're a cool girl. You're stylish. And you're about to do a TED talk. I know. I need to learn it, babe. Oh my God, you've got it. <laughs> Just talk to me how you're talking then. I'll yeah. be, everyone will be on the edge of their seat. You're amazing. So, yeah, thank you so much. Good luck. Um, and keep us updated when it comes out. And thank you so much. Thank you, guys. Bye, guys. Bye. This outro has actually taken me a very long time to do. I think this is my sixth time. Anyway, let's try again. So I've created an email called what they don't tell you pod at gmail.com. I know it's long, but everything else is taken and I would love, love, love to hear any feedback or just anything regarding what we've spoken about in the podcast. I'd love to know what you think. Um, and if you'd like to like, subscribe, I don't know what else, comment down below. God, that sounds YouTube-y. I'm one of those now. But please, please, please email us. I would love to hear your feedback. Um, and yeah, have a lovely day.